Welcome to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SilicogaNews.com podcast where we go behind the headlines of all the stories that we tell and report here at SilicogaNews.com. I'm your host, Hannah Hammonds. You can watch our video podcast weekly on the SilicogaNews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kix 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Miss Tracy Thomas from the B.B. Comer Library. But right after this break, stay with us. This is Behind the Headlines. Ever feel like you're missing from your own life just because you always have to run off to the bathroom? Those days are over. Be the star of your own life again with BTL Amsella. To learn more about Mcella treatments and how they can help you, visit ChildersburgClinic.com. People tell our tellers, lenders, and representatives they see us at events happening in your community all the time. There's a reason for that. With more than 450 volunteer hours every year, our team is dedicated to knowing you and what matters most. Heritage South Credit Union is your community credit union. Find out why more and more people are becoming members at myhscu.com. Heritage South Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines. As I mentioned earlier, we are joined today by Tracy Thomas from the B.B. Comer Library. Ms. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> thank you for having me, Hannah. So for our watchers and listeners who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, my background is I'm from Sylacauga. I moved here in the fourth grade, so this is home. Uh, met and married my husband, Greg Thomas. He's from Winneboro, so we both knew that we wanted to stay here, raise our family here. I know. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, I want to grow up and leave small town, but we love our town and our community and wanted to stay here. And uh, we have two sons. We have Taylor and Jackson. And I went to work at the B.B. Comer Memorial Library. I graduated from B.B. Comer High School. So I went to work at the Comer Library for Dr. Spears and Dr. Shirley Spears in 1993 and just really enjoyed working there with her and um, went home for a few years in 2007 when our second son was born and then was able, lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to come back to the library in 2016, work with Dr. Spears a little bit longer and then she decided she wanted to switch roles within the library. So she now works on the foundation side and it's great to have her still involved in library service because she's been a fantastic mentor. So um, I like to say that I'm a recycled librarian. I went home for a while and was blessed enough to be allowed to come back. So it's a dream job to get to stay here in your community that you love so much and do something that you really love doing. That's awesome that you were able to stay here in the community and actually be able to give back in more ways than one. Um, not a lot of people can say that they can stay in their hometown and have those opportunities to advance in their career. Exactly. So that is awesome that you were able to do that. Well, and I will say too, because I want to give a plug for our school system. The Silicaga City School System was great. I took a couple of years hiatus in there. Um, 
and went to work at Nichols Lawson. And so working on the school system side of it was a great view into students and how they read and what they're looking and what their research habits are. And I was able to bring that back to the public library with me. But the public library is just so um, rewarding because we call it cradle to the grave service. You get to work with everything from, you know, toddlers, newborn babies, all the way up to older people who are, you know, more advanced in years. And it's just a wonderful job. And I, I tell people all the time, it's a dream job and it's wonderful to be able to do that here in my hometown. Now, the B.B. Comer Library is a very special place <laughs> for more reasons than just one, especially during the summer months mm -hmm. because it allows students to stay academically enriched. Exactly. What are some of those opportunities that students have through the library during the summer? Well, obviously we have resources that can help them. We call it the summer slide. That's a common term for it. Um, summer slide is when their, their reading skills, their um, academic skills begin to slide a little bit, regress a little bit in the summertime if they're not exposed to reading and those types of academic resources. So we obviously have plenty of resources to help them. But as far as organized programs, we have the summer learning program. And the summer learning program is three components. It is, of course, the reading component where they can come in, they can register for a goal, and then when they reach those goals, their little milestone goals, they get prizes along the way, and the kids love that. <laughs> um, that's one part of it. And then the second part of it is obviously story time. We do weekly story time for kids ages three to six, and those story time programs happen on Tuesdays. Those programs are a little bit smaller in nature. We may have 50 to 75 kids come to those programs. So those programs are going to take place at the library in the auditorium because, and we'll talk about COVID precautions in just a few minutes, but we recognize that we still need to be offering a way to social distance and to make people feel safe coming in for those programs. So the story time programs on Tuesdays will take place in the library in the big auditorium to allow for social distancing. And then the third component is obviously the enrichment programs. And we have 12 of those programs in the summertime. And those programs are fantastic. They're jugglers, they're magicians, they're storytellers. We have people coming in to bring animals all summer. And those are for all ages that want to participate. Those programs tend to be a little bit bigger in nature and we want to be very sensitive to the fact that there are still a lot of people who are preferring to social distance or to even to stay at home. So we will be doing these programs outdoors and I, I want to say thank you to the Sylacauga Parks and Rec, to Jim Armstrong for being so kind to allow us to do these programs in the Bluebell Pavilion at Central Park across from Bluebell. And so that will give away for people to, we're asking them to bring their lawn chair or a blanket to sit on to come and watch those programs. For anybody who is not quite ready to venture out into a crowd, we are going to have those programs recorded and we're going to run those on our Facebook page for one week after the program is over with. And we're thankful to our performers that are coming, the presenters, because a lot of them in the past would not have wanted you to record their program. They want to do a live program and that's it. But they're being very, very cooperative and we appreciate that by allowing us to run these programs on our Facebook page for one week after the program's over. So if somebody's not ready to come out yet, they can still participate that way. And I think COVID kind of helped all of us be more accessible um, in the virtual world. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you guys are able to offer these services to those who are not comfortable going out yet, 
that is, it says a lot for what you guys have going on at the library because you're making sure that those in your community stay academically, academically enriched and have those same opportunities when they may not feel, you know, well enough to venture out into a large crowd. Absolutely. Now, COVID brought many, <laughs> many challenges. Yes. But how did it specifically affect the library and last year's summer program? Well, we're blessed because our building is large and when a lot of businesses were having to shut down and go home because the employees could not socially distance at work, we were blessed and our employees, employees were able to continue coming in for several weeks and working in the building and taking care of, you know, just odd jobs that needed to be done with some downtime. And so we were able to continue working and we worked all up until April, but April when it was a mandatory go home, we closed the library and sent everybody home. But we were very lucky. We only closed for one month and we opened back up the 1st of May with limited service, but more like a curbside pickup service. Then we opened back up completely the building in all June the 1st. And I know a lot of libraries stayed closed for months. And so we were very lucky to be able to do that. Uh, some of the changes that it brought, and one of that I think is the most wonderful change probably out of all the things, is we were able to add a drive-through window we had talked about that for years, making, you know, we have a, a window to the, a wall to the future, as they say, and we knew that we could adapt that into a drive-through. Well, we did that, and it will serve us well into the future beyond COVID because we have, you know, parents with small children who don't want to have to unload the whole car and strollers to come in, especially if they just need to pick something up or drop something off. We have people who may be a little bit more limited with their mobility and it may be a little more of a challenge to come into the building. And I can't tell you how many people we've talked to on the phone and said, hey, if you want to, we can pull these books, put them at the drive-through window. You can come through and pick them up without having to come into the building. So the drive-through window has been a fantastic addition as far as COVID prompted us to do that, but it's gonna be a wonderful thing for us to have for years to come. Absolutely. I remember when the library actually launched the drive through window <laughs> and the positive response on social media was amazing mm -hmm. because this is something that a lot of people had been looking forward to. And it was it's a benefit to those in the community because we do have a larger population of people who are limited in their mobility mm -hmm. and young parents that have multiple children who, like you said, may not want to unpack the whole car just <laughs> to come in. into the library for a few things. We talked to EVS kind of towards the middle of COVID at CVMC, and they expressed how many high touch point areas there are mm -hmm. just in one room. How did the library focus on safety and the health aspect for its customers? We actually had them come in and look at and look at our library as well to make sure that we weren't overlooking some high touch point areas or just something that we could do to make things a little bit safer for the public. And we, of course, we added the plexiglass and our staff is still working behind the, the plexiglass drops just to protect themselves as well as the public that comes in. Um, we also decided to take our desktop computers out because a lot of times what would happen is somebody would come in, sit down, finish their transaction, leave, somebody else would walk up and sit down right behind them, and we wouldn't realize the change had taken place and we weren't able to go sanitize that unit. So what we're doing now is we still have, if you come in and you don't see any computers in the computer center, we're going to give you a Chromebook to take in there. That way, when you get through working on your Chromebook, you bring that back to us, we're going to sanitize that unit and it's going to be clean for the next person that comes in. 
And another thing it does is that when we had the desktop computers there, people would want us to come stand behind them and help them. Now you bring the Chromebook back up to the desk and we help you through the plexiglass. So we, it was really important for us to continue giving that one-on-one -on -one service in the safest way possible. A lot of libraries went with a software loaded on those computers that when you sat down, if you needed help, you just logged in and the staff would help you virtually through the computer. But we are so glad that we can still give the one-on-one -on -one personal service through the plexiglass. By you bringing the Chromebook up, we'll help you that way. And then, of course, with the books, we're quarantining the books. We're about to end book quarantine because we know so much more about it than we did at that time. But we were quarantining all the books for three days before we would put them back on the shelf. The staff is keeping surfaces, desks, doorknobs, bathrooms, everything wiped down on a regular basis. So we, we really feel good about the safety in the library. Plus, it's a big building you can socially distance. Absolutely. Now you talked about all of these things, you still mm -hmm. are offering that one-on-one -on -one assistance and the drive-through mm -hmm. and all the services. So the library has pretty much returned back to its normal operation, correct? Yes, and we, we, we curtailed our hours by 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon when COVID first hit because we thought, you know, we're gonna need a little bit of time to wipe surfaces down and to prepare the books and to get the quarantine books back to the shelf. Our library staff is so wonderful. I can't say enough about them. And what we saw was there really was no need to curtail those hours by 30 minutes on either end of the day, because as soon as somebody would get up from a table, the staff would go over and clean immediately. So they were staying on top of all the cleaning and the sanitizing. So we have returned back to our normal hours. And, and so we're ready for the public to come in and see us. Now we are officially into the summer months. All the high schools have graduated. All the students are preparing for that next step in their journey. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the summer reading program and the enrichment mm -hmm. programs, but can you dive just a little bit more in depth on those for those who may be interested in participating? How easy is it for people to, to get involved? Okay, so the, the story time programs and the enrichment programs, you do not have to register. You just show up on the day of the programs. We have schedules. We can get you one. They're printed at the front desk. You can call us. We can just kind of tell you the dates and the times so you'll know when to show up. But the enrichment programs are on Mondays and Wednesdays, and they are at 10 o'clock. They're from 10 to 11, again, at the Central Park at the Bluebell Pavilion. We know that parking is limited there. We're, we're going to have some orange cones up, and we're encouraging parents to pull up on the curb drop their kids out and let one of our volunteers walk the kids to the pavilion while you as the adult go park your car right across the railroad tracks in the Sylacauga High School parking lot and then come back. We want all adults to stay with the kids during the program, obviously because we're outside, but we want to make that as easy as we can because we don't want a lot of kids walking back across the railroad tracks. So those programs, no registration, just show up. Story times are Tuesdays, no registration, just show up. The reading for prizes, you do need to register because we have to have your name if we're going to keep up with your log and your goals and, you know, award prizes. So you can go online and register or you can come into the library or you can even call us and register for that. Now, I'm going to backtrack just a little okay, bit Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, during COVID, a lot of students were sent home including college students. Yes. What resources does the library have to offer to those who may be in college in terms of scholarly assistance um, and just software to help those who may be 
in a higher education program? Well, obviously, since we have opened the library back up, we the first thing I want to mention is we have study rooms available. So a lot of people, me, for instance, if I had to stay home and study, I'd be all over the place. So it's nice to have a place to go and stay focused. We do have the first come, first served, the four look glassed in study rooms upstairs. We obviously have wireless internet throughout the building. So if they wanted to come in, bring their own device and use one of those rooms to study, that's available. We mentioned the Chromebooks. You can come in and use one of our devices to study. But as far as online resources go, we have access to the Alabama Virtual Library. And that is, I know that you and I have talked about that. That is trustworthy scholarly articles that if you need a resource for a paper or for school, those fit the bill. They are they are qualified articles. And so we would love to help, and that's a big database. So we would love to help somebody navigate that world of the Alabama Virtual Library. Um, we also have things like an ebook database. We're a part of a consortia. And people say, I, I was just giving somebody a card over the phone last night. Um, she said, I'm trying to get in to read some ebooks. And so I issued her a number. If you don't want to come in and check out books, that's okay, because some people say, I'm afraid I'll lose them. I don't want to have to pay for them. We have a huge ebook database that we are a member of. All you have to do is get a card, and that card is for computer access only. You're not going to be able to check out books on that, but you can use all of the electronic resources you want with that card number. There are thousands of ebooks, audiobooks available there. And then we also have some other electronic resources um, like Chilton's Auto Repair. So if you know somebody that likes to work on cars and they're looking for that kind of information, this is a free database. And it's a very expensive database that's paid for by the state of Alabama. You just need to call us and get a password and we'll give that to you over the phone. You can use that. Parents with small kids, we have a couple of different resources. We have one called Capstone, and the Capstone books are the little interactive books. You log into it, and it actually reads the little cartoon like comes up on the screen. The, the book flips, it reads to the child, and then another one that's called Abdo books, and they are ebooks for very young learners. All of these things are free. You just need a library card number. As a college student, mm -hmm. I've, I went through undergrad and I'm currently in grad school and finding those resources is always the toughest part of an assignment <laughs> because you want to find the one that's going to be reliable, that's not going to get you flagged for plagiarism <laughs> or exactly. because it's not a scholarly source. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you guys have this to offer to students in the community, it, it helps a great deal with students' academic success. Well, thank you for saying that. We'd love to help somebody if, they've never, if they're not familiar with it. Now, the library also has a few more unique resources <laughs> that's available to the public, one being the genealogy room yes. at the mm -hmm. library. Can you talk a little bit about that and the benefits that come with that? Sure, that's the Lane Family History Center. Um, we're proud of the Lane name in the library, but when you first come in the door, it's the first room on the right, and it has just lots and lots of family history, local history. Um, there are some unique things in there like the vertical files. So for example, the library staff will clip articles from newspapers, from magazines when we see things come across. So that if somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to know everything I can about the Hodges meteorite. Well, we may not be able to go find a book on the shelf that's been written about the Hodges meteorite, but this is a folder that is a collection 
of the articles and the other clippings that the staff has taken time to develop into this, you know, to put in this folder so that we have a resource we can put in front of somebody. So there's very few Sylacauga stories that you could come in and ask for that there's probably not going to be a vertical folder on. We can show you those drawers. Another unique thing is we have an obituary database. And so people that are doing genealogy research will want to research somebody in their history and their family line. And they'll call us and they'll say, my uncle John Smith died in 1991. You know, uh, he's buried somewhere in Sylacauga. Can you pull his obituary? Well, if you don't have a database, you don't know where to start. And so what the library staff does, every morning they take the local papers, they keep a running database for the year, they put every name in that appears in the obituaries, and they put where that obituary is at. So we can look by year and tell you exactly what paper to go pull that person's obituary from. So that is a fantastic genealogy tool in itself. And, it, and there are some pretty special things in that room as well. The Douglas Crockwell Avondale Art Collection is in that room. So if you're not familiar with that, you need to come by sometime because these are original oil paintings that Avondale Mills commissioned. They all ran as ads in the Saturday Evening Post and they all feature families that worked for Avondale Mills. So you might just see somebody you know in one of the paintings. <laughs> I know a lot of people pay crazy amounts of money for DNA tests mm -hmm. and kits to test their heritage and to figure out their their family history. How can the library help these people kind of cut down on that cost? Okay, so a lot of people pay money to, to subscribe to the databases like HeritageQuest, Ancestry.com, and so the library has those for free. You just need a library card number to access those. Now, Ancestry, the state of Alabama, because of COVID, has been offering that for free. We have that available if you come into the library, but it wasn't a free from home based service. The state of Alabama has been helping us offer that for free during COVID. So you can call us and we can tell you how you can access that from home. Heritage Quest, you just need to call us and we'll give you a code number and you can access that from home for free as well. And so these are two fantastic resources that people have already done a lot of work and plugged information in family trees there. Um, we would love to show you how to use those if you want to come in or just call us. We'll give you the information to log in from home. We are joined today by Ms. Tracy Thomas from the B.B. Comer Library. Now, we're going to end things on kind of a positive mm -hmm. note. We talked about your work history with mm -hmm. the library, and you've been there for quite some time. What is one of your most favorite and rewarding memories? Um, I think, Hannah, probably for me, well, it's maybe twofold, is being able to work for somebody like Dr. Shirley Spears, who was a fantastic mentor. And I was able to watch her engage our community. And I can't say enough about Sylacauga because it's just a wonderful town to live in. But I watched her engage our community with this vision she had to help build the library that we have now with the meeting center and the auditorium. And she was able to raise $2.3 million out of a $3.3 million project locally from private sources. And I think that that says a lot that she was able to get the community to understand her vision and to know that this space would be used if we could get it. And it's a fantastic resource for our community. So it was very rewarding in 2002 and 2003 to be a part of that project and to see, to see what it is now and how it benefits our community. Being able to work under somebody like Miss Spears is incredible because you always want those influential people in your life that Absolutely. help you find where you belong, mm -hmm. what career path you should go down. So the fact that you had her there just 
I know that means so much to you. Oh, it does. It's, I, I wish everybody could find somebody that will, it, that will invest in them the way that she did me. Hey, well, thank you so much <laughs> thank for joining you, me today. Thank you for sticking around with us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be wrapping things up with Ms. Thomas. Stay with us. This is Behind the Headlines. Doing some home remodeling or backyard projects? A home equity line of credit from Heritage South Credit Union can help you get that project done in no time with a low application fee, low rates, and convenient access. Call 256-245-4776 today to speak to an expert about Heritage South Credit Union's home equity line of credit. Heritage South Credit Union, your community credit union. NMLS number 712492, equal housing lender, federally insured by NCUA. My name's Leslie, I'm 24, I'm a medical assistant. Growing up in Southern California, um, one of the things that I enjoyed doing is hanging out by the beach. So being in a bikini was, you know, tough at times because I wasn't so comfortable wearing a bikini. One of my main trouble areas is my thighs. So I'd wear cover-ups to, you know, cover up my big thighs. Um, one of the things I was considering was lipo, um, but you know, working full time, finding the downtime to do that was very hard. So that was one of the reasons why I took Vanquish into consideration. It's uh, no downtime. I basically would go in and do the procedure during my lunch, uh, be out in like 45 minutes, um, back to my regular daily activities. So it's something very easy to do with no downtime. One of the things that I really liked and I wasn't expecting to change was actually the appearance in my cellulite. I felt like that got a little bit better also. My last procedure was about four months ago. No fat returned. I am really satisfied with my results and highly recommend it to everyone. My bikini, you know, I'm so much more comfortable now at the beach, heading out and just not having to wear a cover up. It's awesome. It's a great feeling. To learn more about Vanquish Me treatments and how they can help you, visit ChildersburgClinic.com. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines. Ms. Thomas, thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you for having me on, Hannah. My pleasure. Now, where can our watchers and listeners find more information about the B.B. Comer Library and its services? Sure. Um, they can go to our website. It's bbcomerlibrary.net. They can find out anything about services, resources there. Another great source is our Facebook page. It's updated on a regular basis with announcements. If anything comes up that needs to get a quick message out, that would be the place to check. And then also 256-249-0961 is our phone number. You can call us. We have a live person that answers the phone. And, and our, always <laughs> it's always a plus <laughs> to have a live person answer the phone. And then our hours have returned to normal. We open at 8.30 um, across the board every morning. And on Monday through Thursday, we close at 6. So we are there a little bit later for the person that maybe didn't get off till 5. On Fridays, we close at 5. On Saturdays, we close at 3. So we are open six days a week. 
I'm so excited to see all of the wonderful things that the library is going to have to offer this summer for people in our community. Thank you so much again for joining <laughs> thank me. Thank you. Hey, and thank you for listening to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SilicogaNews.com podcast where we go behind the headlines of all the stories that we tell and report. Don't forget to watch our video podcast weekly on the SilicogaNews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kix 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. To contribute stories, suggest future guests, and to report news, email news at SilicogaNews.com. Thank you for hanging out with us today, but that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Hannah Hammonds, and see you next week.